This episode is brought to you by Modi Body. These are the yays of our lives. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realize there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. Hello, lovely neighborhood. I'm back with the third episode of Yays of Our Lives. And this week, you have your first actual neighborhood member in your ears for Yeighborhood Watch. I'm continuing to get into more of a flow each week with this new segment. Thank you so much to everyone who has sent feedback or shared the episodes, and particularly to those who have submitted stories so far. It is so nice to see you start dobbing in your good Samaritan neighbors. And I've heard some amazing stories. Can't make this segment without you guys and I'm so excited to see it continue to develop as a neighborhood production. It's very new for me. I'm so used to doing the scripting and the editing and just making all the editorial decisions myself but you guys know I love the neighborhood so much so kind of forming this together each week is just such a joy already and I can't wait to see what it continues to do. One of you actually messaged me saying the concept felt a little bit like the TV show Postcards but for Yay which warmed my heart so much because I actually wrote that down when I first started writing down ideas for this segment. I definitely want to incorporate a bit of a travel element, shining light on literal like physical communities as well as their unsung heroes. I've even just locked in our first roving recording in a few weeks where I'm heading out to a particular community to record quite a few different neighborhood watch stories for one dedicated community segment, which I can't wait to share once I figure out, of course, how to cut so many different parts of audio and stories together. This is all new to me as well as it is to you. So if you want to submit your own area or community and its local legends, please keep those suggestions coming. This week's episode, though, was a local Melbourne affair, and the neighbourhood watcher was me. I'm dobbing in someone I met recently who inspires me endlessly and who I think makes the perfect guest to kick off neighbourhood watch properly. We'll get to introducing her after Quote of the Yay, of course, which I wanted to base on her story this week, but actually struggled quite a bit to find one sole quote that fits because she represents so many different things to me and is such a good influence in so many different areas. One that did stand out, though, was a quote that always serves me well. I can never hear this one enough times, and I actually think the best quotes are ones you can hear every single day and still need them. The quote of the year for this week is, Every day may not be good, but there is something good in every day. Something that has always been important to me in developing CZA as a philosophy and later into a community is that any theory on happiness and joy always has to take account of the parts of life that aren't happy or joyful and that sometimes rob you of those feelings. Because let's face it, some days will just be a little bit shithouse. <laughs> Even for the A-makers like me, there are days where you're in a funk or there are days where shit just hits the fan and you don't feel like yourself or that are just tough. Adversity hits at all times in all places 
places to all people. But the point is not to avoid that adversity or those tough days. Instead, it's to help you find strength and flickers of hope and yay, despite that adversity and those tough days. In fact, if anything, I think you guys would agree I'm actually a bit of a proponent for adversity in the growth opportunity that it offers. But this quote reminds me that even in those toughest of times, there is always one, at least one great thing you can pick to focus your mind on and help block out the other things. And as you'll hear soon, our guest is such an inspiring example of just that. I've always truly believed that everything happens for a reason, even if you don't know what that is right now, and especially if you don't know what that is right now, which makes the ups and downs of life so much easier to embrace and accept, even if they feel uncomfortable or awful at the time, because I just so deeply trust that the lesson I was meant to learn or the growth I was meant to experience will become clear eventually. There are, however, some situations that can't be explained by fate or some big greater learning that are just plain crap and that actually cause me quite a bit of angst because they don't fit into that all-encompassing theory that I like to think I have about life. And I'd say today's guest has had one of those visited on her quite inexplicably. Those are the times where I personally find it exponentially more challenging to keep the A alive and to practice gratitude or appreciation because they just don't make sense to me. And while listening to her story during our chat, I just felt acutely aware of how badly I would have coped in her situation, not being able to make definitive sense of why it was all happening, why it was all happening to me and what I was supposed to learn from it. But she also reminded me that she didn't see giving up her joy as an option. She just didn't see it as a choice at all. No matter how tough each day is, she always finds something to make her smile or to motivate her or even to help others in similar situations. It's really encouraged me to fortify my own gratitude and resolve to find the something good in every day, even when it feels like the end of the world, which in another point I like to emphasize often is totally relative and may be better or worse than anyone else's end of the world. But all that matters is that you feel like it's the end of the world. And in those situations, it can feel all-encompassing, but those are the times when I'm reminded you do have to find the good in every day. Particularly with the year we've all had and are still feeling the effects of, there really is so much challenge and loss and adversity still rippling through a lot of people's lives. And I think it's really important to allow yourself the leeway to feel the emotional toll of that. I've talked a lot this year about productivity looking different, your expectations of yourself looking different, and it being okay to have an abnormal reaction to an abnormal situation in the world. Not every day may be that good at the moment, and that's completely okay to say. But I really love this quote because it it reminds me and almost sets me a little challenge to still allocate even a few moments of my energy, if not more, and brain space on finding something that is still good, which is always there if you look hard enough. So maybe try buying a little notebook and choosing one or three or even more things that you're grateful for and that are still good in the life around you on good and bad days. And I honestly think it could be life-changing. I've done this little exercise every morning for quite a few years now. And no matter what kind of day you're having and no matter what is going on around you, writing down a couple of things that you are still grateful for and that are still good about the day that you're about to have really help put you in the right mindset to cope with whatever might come ahead. 
The other thing that comes to mind about today's guest, and one of the best lessons she has reminded me of too, is everything is individual. Our joy, suffering, motivation, and goals are all highly subjective and personal, and yet we spend so much time and angst measuring ourselves against everyone else, even though the comparison is futile. So I'd add a second little quote of the yay for today. Stop measuring your progress by someone else's ruler. You'll soon hear how this plays into our guest story and her drastic adjustment of productivity and achievement metrics for measuring her life. I can never hear this one too many times. So if you're being hard on yourself this week, which at some point I'm sure all of you are or will be about what you're not doing or not achieving or not feeling that everyone else seems to be doing, write that one down. Now, on to our Yeighborhood Watch nominee for the week. I roped the lovely Kate Ryder in, who I met through the Yeighborhood Facebook group and who has inspired me every day since. She's over a decade younger than me, having only just finished high school, but many times leaves me gawking at her wisdom and depth of reflection on life. I'll let her tell you the story herself. I'm very tempted to give you a very, very long blurb of all her achievements, but it does come out in our chat. And I hope you find as much inspiration and awe as I did and continue to in her every day. I also love using this platform to spread awareness of lesser known areas of life and types of experience like what Kate will talk to you about, complex regional pain syndrome and conditions that are incredibly rare and not widely spoken about or understood. I think spreading awareness of any kind of niche experience is so important for our greater understanding of humanity, but even just niche communities. I mean, you guys know I'm a sucker for a niche community. So I hope you all learn something new like I did, even leaving with a better understanding or a better terminology of something that I actually hadn't heard before. Introducing Kate Ryder. Lovely Kate Welcome to the show. Thank you. <gasps> I'm so honoured to be here. I'm so honoured to have you on. This is <laughs> the first in-person episode I've recorded in over a year and our very first Yeighborhood Watch segment, so I'm very excited. Yeah, you can tell just by how much you're gleaming. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that is because Kate is my hero and I'm very excited <laughs> to be in her presence again. <laughs> you're going to make me cry for like the third time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. You're my hero because every time I see you, you cry with joy and it makes me so happy. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about who you are and how we met and how you became part of the neighborhood. So I found out about you when you had a probably about 200 or so followers on your community page no on Facebook. Yeah. And I had just started gaining what I was then diagnosed maybe a month later with as complex regional pain syndrome. And I guess the story behind that was I got onto you because I was sort of looking for positivity, but I wasn't looking for the, I guess, vomit worthy happiness <laughs> because that's just not realistic. <laughs> uh, I really enjoy your bloops and things. <laughs> you can't have someone that looks so good all the time you're gonna have your bad moments and things you're gonna have your sloth days and whatever but before I got on to you I was finishing up year 10 I then went on to a school exchange in Japan that was meant to last 10 months after three I was on my way to school and I was holding on to one of those levers on the train and the train had stopped quite suddenly and me holding onto this lever with my left hand, my body just flung. I was still holding on. But from that, 
afterwards I thought nothing of it I thought oh I've just got a pulled muscle I had never had a pulled muscle before so I just uh, <laughs> assumed. Sort of assumed yeah and from there I exercised it out for a few days I iced it I did everything that all the doctors had recommended but the pain was getting worse and it was never leaving Eventually, I ended up in the emergency of a Japanese hospital. They did a few tests. From there, they thought that it was shingles. I had had the shingles vaccine, so they couldn't exactly test for it because I had the antibodies. Oh, of course. And (laughs) as soon as I got home, I was wheelchaired immediately to the Royal Children's Hospital. The doctors there said, it must be muscular, go to a physio. I went to a physio. That was the first time, probably about three months later, the first time that they mentioned the possibility of it being called complex regional pain syndrome. No doctors, no GPs, no specialists had really heard of it. So they were asking me questions while (laughs) I was asking them, what the hell is this? Wow. And within four months or so, the pain that was originally in my brachial plexus of my left side, so around the trapeze muscle, had spread all the way through my left arm. I'm a left-hander, so that was quite a difficult feat for me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I could still walk and things, but I would have to take the lightest of steps and it would take me like an hour to get 50 metres. Because every step, no matter how light I took it, was really hard on my body. Any movement, any touch, it would all send me into tears and screams. And there was never a moment where I just had a break. I had received the pain about a few days after my 17th birthday. (laughs) So it was a bit of a terrible birthday present. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You could say that. (laughs) And in about three months, I will have had the pain for four years without a break. Wow, Kate. So the best way that you can explain it in terms of muggle terms, as I call it. <laughs> oh, my God, <laughs> this is why you're my person. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've already spoken about I'm a Gryffindor. Like, we've spoken about this before, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, we have. My sister loves Harry Potter, and so she made me watch it so many times. So I was Good. forced to get used to it and things, <laughs> and then I started to like it. Um, but... There's this pain index that's called the McGill Pain Scale and it rates different types of pain on this scale of severity. So it rates things like amputation without medication, childbirth with training, childbirth without training. All of these come much further below complex regional pain syndrome. So complex regional pain syndrome is the highest and it spreads if there's any sort of manipulation to your painful side and the longer that you have it the more severe it gets so I got the pain in 2017 um, early June and by the end of 2017 the pain had spread up my neck through my arm end of 2018 it had gone through my upper body as well as another symptom being weakness. Um, So weakness, I wasn't able to use my left leg whatsoever. It just completely stopped working. Mm. And eventually I got it back, fortunately. But then a few months later, the pain had spread again because of another manipulation, because so many doctors not knowing what's going on, they 
sort of use you as a lab rat (laughs) (laughs) and they don't realize that pain can spread because what they understand is if you have a broken leg then the pain is just in that broken leg but this is quite a rare disease so there's not too much research behind it. Of course, you're high achieving in the, what is the most rare disease that I can get? (laughs) Yeah, I've always been told that I'm a bit competitive and got to be the best. (laughs) But this is why I wanted to talk about it so much, because before I met you, I'd never heard of it before. And I tend to sort of get quite fascinated about medical conditions and you know, have a lot of doctor friends and, and like to understand the various challenges that people face. And I'd had no idea that you could go 17 years without symptoms or without an indication of something. And then it just comes on without any major trauma yeah. and then affects you to the point of, like you were explaining to me the other day, that rain is incredibly painful and yeah blankets like I for my anxiety have a weighted blanket and I imagine that is held like that concept of a weighted blanket is like held to you I still have this memory of it being so comforting and I used to be that person that would rug up like no tomorrow and I always loved the winter because I guess you can only take off so much in the summer but you can't (laughs) well (laughs) um, in the winter you can put on as many layers as you like and not get called out for indecent um, (laughs) indecency around the community I guess the worst symptoms for me would probably be the feeling of burning so it feels like my veins are on fire like I'm burning from the inside out while standing in a fire being burnt from the outside in as well as quite a whopper where my bones feel like they've been broken like if you've dropped a a Pringle or something and stood on it and I guess that's the best way that I I can explain it so I can't go into water I can't go for swims and things because the water feels like it's crushing me and it's not that I can't breathe or anything it's just so painful that's so crazy and you're explaining to me that even music you can't listen to music out loud because the vibration you can feel it so deeply in your body and the the really difficult thing is pain is so invisible like I think absolutely I get a lot of people that say oh you're just putting it on you're a drug seeker (gasps) I so I had a recent rehabilitation inpatient program because you're just going to accept anything you're gonna hope that the next one is the Hail Mary back in March last year the GP asked me to rate my pain out of 10 and I said a 12 because Mm. my 10 last week was a lot less severe than it was that week her first note was berating me about how you can't have pain over 10 (laughs) (laughs) try being in my body (laughs) exactly exactly after that She withheld every pain medication for a week to a week and a half. Yeah. After that, she brought in a psychiatrist who had never met me within two minutes, had told me that if I don't go up to the psych ward for two weeks, I'm clearly a drug seeker. I'm clearly someone that doesn't want to get better and that I should just leave. I am not a person to just give up. So I took the two weeks and within the first visit, And the second visit of seeing the psychiatrist that I was assigned to, he told me there is absolutely nothing wrong with me. No anxiety, no depression, nothing. Mm. 
the biggest issue with my disease is that it's a lot of assumptions. People don't know what's going on. They can't see it. Every test comes back negative. So MRIs, CTs, blood work, everything comes back normal. Yeah. And I think the wonderful thing about you is that because it is such an invisible, like pain is so relative and and so invisible and doesn't show up anywhere. It's so hard to explain to anyone who's not feeling what you're feeling to explain to them what it feels like. It's so wonderful that the disease has a spokesperson like you who is so articulate in describing your symptoms. And so you can sort of relativize, like even the way that you describe the machinery and the bones and the fire, like that, if anyone out there listening has experienced anything similar and has been feeling lost and misunderstood because that is the case in so many rare diseases, doctors just don't have experience with it. Yeah. It's so inspiring to me. And this is why I called you my hero (laughs) when we first met that despite being in constant pain and constantly distracted, you are seeking out positivity and not just seeking it out, but turning that into your own movement to keep spreading positivity. Yeah. Which I do without facing pain every day, but for you to have your own immense challenges and have to adjust to a new, completely new bar of productivity for yourself, but then to to share that with others. Yeah, for a long time I was so scared because of doctors assuming immediately when they don't understand something, they assume, oh, it's It's psychological. It's psychological, yes. So I went down that wormhole of beginning to convince myself that it was psychological. So I looked up on YouTube to find maybe a video or something that might help to relate to my symptoms and things. And I found this video that was referenced from a place called the Sparrow Clinic in Arkansas. And I just bawled. This video described exactly what I was feeling. It wasn't just a physician talking. It was actual patients describing exactly how they felt. And you can get the disease one of two ways. You can get it where there is no cause, but you can also get it from an injury. And my injury was that that day on the train but you can also get it from things like surgery or just breaking a bone or twisting an ankle even wow (laughs) after seeing that video from the sperry clinic i i had replied to one of the videos that spoke on their facebook page about another patient who had begun to walk again after so many years of having fibromyalgia And from there, I had one of the mums reach out to me. After that, I got on to two of the most wonderful girls, Stella and Helena. And I just, I completely went into a sea of tears when they first told me that I was not crazy. Okay. (laughs) I mean, of all the things, it's like in situations like this, you're already facing so much, but to face loneliness... Yeah. feeling misunderstood and, yeah. and having people question it as well yeah. could not like, be a nice experience. <laughs> no, it's like I wasn't lonely, but no one understood. Yeah. And it's not as simple as saying, Kate, put on a pair of noise-cancelling headphones so you can't <laughs> feel it because my body fe- – I have moments where my body feels it before I'm conscious of yeah. Something that's gone on, like a plate falling or someone making a loud noise or clapping or I mean, guys, you know 
how much of a hugger I am. I try to assault her every single time I see her. Yeah, I'm like, stop. <laughs> yep, Sarah. In your tracks. <laughs> Before we continue today, I've got a quick word on today's partner in Yay, Modibody, and the wonderful work they're doing for sustainability, self acceptance, and seizing the Yay. Understandably, periods aren't our favorite thing to talk about or experience. But that has made it too easy for us to overlook that over 100 billion menstrual disposables end up in landfill annually and can take 500 to 800 years to break down. Each of us will use on average 11,000 disposables in our lifetime, but Modibody provides a sustainable and surprisingly sleek solution with their period underwear range, allowing us to accept and love our bodies as they are, as well as loving the planet. And in February, they're shining a special light on body love and self-acceptance, helping us embrace the leaks, periods, tummy rolls and all. Hello, bloopers. <laughs> For me, a big part of that has been pushing through the stigma around certain topics of conversation that can often stop us accessing important information about our bodies. While the idea of period underwear definitely once made me cringe, wearing Modibody has helped me understand just how far technology has come to make the sustainable option sleek, discreet and comfortable. I understand my cycle better now and feel more in touch with my body as well as facing head on the impact of the products I was using on our beautiful planet. I highly recommend you check them out and give them a try with 15% off when you use the code SEAS15. Link in the show notes now. But I think the thing that inspires me the most about you is that you still have the most beautiful smile and that you're channeling your energy into your own mission of spreading awareness of this disease. And already since you started The Orange Elephant, which was only a couple of weeks ago now, three or four people have replied to me sharing that saying, I have just entered this world. I finally understand what my symptoms are. And like, it's a real thing. And this makes me feel so good. And they've gone and followed it and it's helped them immensely in just a few weeks. It's just, it's insane, (laughs) but it just, I, I just am in so in awe that I'm in awe of you. Oh, my God, stop it. No, (laughs) this is about you. (laughs) We're so competitive. I know, we're so competitive. But, guys, I mean, Kate was, you know, in year 10, got literally bowled over by this and has still gone on to absolutely smash her ATAR. I'm talking high 90s here, guys. Like, you have gone on to get into the courses that you had multiple offers for all the courses that you want. Like you've gone on to just achieve what is difficult to achieve without any pain, let alone facing all of this. So tell us how you get motivation to pull through that and how you came up with the orange elephant and what you want it to do and how you still find moments of yay, because many would not, many would kind of give up on it. And you absolutely haven't. And it makes me smile every day. (laughs) I always say that my timeline for, I guess, maturity and motivation and balls (laughs) has just accelerated. (laughs) If I'm on the train and I can't go on the train anymore because of the vibrations and things. But in the very beginning, when I had the pain, I could sort of manage it. If I'm on the train, I'll literally be that person that goes up to someone and goes, hey, I like your shoes (laughs) or you have a great smile. And before I got the pain, I would think that, but I wouldn't say anything. Yeah. I just, I was too shy. Life's too short, but it's also, there's so much time. So it's finding that perfect sort of middle 
it's a lifelong journey to find that middle, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I'm like more than 10 years ahead of you and I'm still looking. So, <laughs> Yeah, something to look forward to. <laughs> I love that you haven't gone. I mean, I'm sure, of course, you have your moments, but oh yeah, it's never been, this is unfair, why me? And I had that in the beginning. Oh, of course, of course. But yeah. I mean, you were 17. Like yeah. I had that. <laughs> I had why me, why does my mum not let me go to parties? Like we all have that (laughs) complex about like my life is over. (laughs) But I mean to still turn it around into something, like tell us about what the orange elephant, firstly what the name means, how you came up with it and what you're spreading in terms of altered productivity because I think that's incredibly valuable Mm. well beyond complex regional pain syndrome for all of us. Yeah, so... I have a few amazing friends, one in particular. He helped me sort of gain that final bit of motivation to to take that leap of faith into what I had been wanting to do for so, so long. So I had been searching for a support group from the minute that I had heard about complex regional pain syndrome because I just, I needed someone who understood. And at the time I couldn't find anything that was sort of suitable I didn't want a page that was all like my life sucks Mm. because no one wants to hear everyone complain all the time. It gets out of control. So the orange elephant, firstly, like the name, orange is the well-known colour for CRPS awareness and CRPS network. So that was sort of easy. And then it (laughs) moved on to we came across elephant in the sense of like I'm not the most I am with animals is I foster border force dogs. I absolutely adore Labradors and Huskies. That's right. And, I forgot you guys do that. Yeah, German Shepherds. Oh, border I love force them. dogs. Dogs with jobs yeah. are my favourite thing in the whole entire world, just saying. I kind of want Paul to, like, get a job. <laughs> <laughs> He's so compliant. Honestly. He'd be really good, but he'd also he just be like, cuddle me. You know how they're not supposed to cuddle you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he would totally not do that. Yeah. <laughs> we had a few where we, we found out that they weren't going to a organization because especially in lockdown and COVID and things, there was only the federal police that could take them sort of test them and see if they were worthy. And there would be nine in a litter (gasps) and you could only take three or four. Oh my God. So when we found out the rest of them, (laughs) yeah, when we found out that our most recent sort of one, Jaffa, that she wasn't going from the minute that we met her she was a hugger and we had to try our very best like honestly so much self-control to not hug her but the minute that we found out that she wasn't going all over her all all day every day (laughs) (laughs) so we met at milk bar with kate's mum and sister who are just so delightful yeah and i think like maybe 40 percent of the conversation was about the dogs Oh, it was like God, a slideshow yeah. of the dogs. Absolutely. I was like, tell me everything about them. Yeah, we've had four foster dogs <gasps> so in the last joy. three years. Fortunately, we got our first foster dog a few months after that I got the pain. And so I was still able to pat the dog with my right side. And Dallas, she was so, so careful. She could just feel what I was feeling. Like she knew when to back off and things. She ended up being accepted to... New Zealand customs oh as a narcotics God. dog. So we are so proud of her. So clever. Honestly, it's the best thing. Like if you want to sign up, you can sign up. And if you feel like you can't manage it or you think you're going to get too attached, you can always back out. Like you can have the dog for a day and then give it back. 
went, would never happen. I'd just, I'd <laughs> never give it back. No. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, we need it now. No, sorry. Mm. But sorry. you can keep in contact with like the owners and the peop- the handlers that oh, the dog goes so to. Cute. So it's so fantastic. <laughs> you always get a heap of cute photos. But anyway, back yeah, to... Yeah, back to elephants. <laughs> yeah. Um, the strength that they symbolize as well as their elegance. Mm. And I have been told multiple times and it's always a goal to be elegant, I guess, in in whatever we do, as well as present strength. Which you absolutely do. <laughs> I try. Always, always. Even when you cry, I'm like, oh, that's so <laughs> graceful. Stop. <laughs> My cry face is so ugly. <laughs> My sister always says that. Yeah, she's I, like, she told me. She's like, yeah. why does she look like that when she's crying? I'm like, I don't know. God. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think you also said that it was like the elephant in the room. Like it was oh, a yeah. big... I forgot about that. Yeah. With it being an invisible illness, it was quite ironic to name it the orange elephant because it, it went on the play on words of um, the elephant in the room, since it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the other thing that I was very fortunate to come out of it was that I gained the bravery to shave my head every single hair that I would feel for three years before I shaved it last year was as if a cigarette butt had been lit and just pushed right into my skin. Like when it moved around? Yeah, when it touched any hair. Touching you. Um, Even when we shaved it, any sort of little flyaways, if it touched me, my dad was telling me I would flinch before I would realise that I was flinching. Wow. I also can't believe you kept it for so long. Like that's yeah. so, a lot of buns. With that much pain. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of headaches from a lot of buns. <laughs> but that's another interesting part of illnesses like this, that it does compromise your identity so much. And it yeah. does, like the fact that you held on to it for that long shows how hard it is to adjust to the practicality of like, now I reckon you're like, oh my God, this is so much better. Why didn't I do it sooner? <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, what do you hope for the orange elephant to do? And something you've already done for me is remind me that we all have very different limits and yeah. our productivity and our idea of what we can expect ourselves to achieve has to be crafted around that. Yeah, I think it's a lifelong lesson. I don't think anyone can just learn it with the click of their fingers, like, I definitely can't, but I, I've always been named a woman in a hurry and I still am. If I tell myself, <laughs> like, my body just can't do it, I'll still try. Yeah. And some days, like I posted yesterday, I have this segment going every second day that I put up a achievement, no matter how small or big, it's an achievement of one of the followers, myself, a friend, and I put up yesterday that I did absolutely nothing. Yeah, girl. <laughs> because that was hard for me. Like, I, I have to rest so often and I get so tired so quickly, but I still push through. And to just stop and decide, no, today's not the right day to, to do stuff. Because you can continue to try and do things. But as I said in my post... You can keep running that hamster wheel. You won't get faster. You'll just 
grow more tired. Oh my God, you know I love the hamster wheel analogy yeah. so much. It's like the yeah. first page of the book. <laughs> like you can absolutely <laughs> practice to run and get really good at it, but you will get tired. Mm. So do you want to keep pushing through that that fatigue and eventually collapse or do you want to stop while you're still conscious and still <laughs> able to breathe? <laughs> How do you still find your moments of yay? What is your new play to yay? And how have you, I think one thing that this will have probably sparked is a shift in what your dynamics, yeah, what your former ideas of joy were and then having to find them again. And I think you, you probably have such valuable lessons for everyone in that at any time something could enter your life where you have to rejig everything you have to rebalance and choose or find new ways to find happiness and people find that really difficult absolutely when I started the orange elephant it's always been the philosophy is to readjust that idea of small to readjust Mm. what small means to someone because (laughs) to me a big achievement was graduating high school and it took me two years to complete my year 12 because I was in in and out of hospital so much. I would have pain flares that would last months at a time. And and she still nailed it, by the way, everyone. Yeah, I, I ended up getting over 96. <laughs> yeah, ATAR. I was, I was so thankful for the school that I went to and I had so much support. <laughs> I literally, I was inches away from vomiting on my last exam paper I was just oh oh girl this I mean you're extraordinary absolutely extraordinary (laughs) thank you but yeah how how do you now I mean I love that I get off track so much I'm sorry I'm exactly you listen to the podcast you know I'm exactly the same I'm like so tell me about your dog's breakfast yesterday yeah (laughs) (laughs) what is your yay now what is your play? What are the things that bring you joy? And what advice would you give anyone else who's trying to find their yay for the first time? <laughs> That's a hard one. <laughs> it's definitely an open-ended question and very personalised to every individual. For me, I've always been so hard on myself. And as I said, in terms of graduating, it was a big achievement for me now, but I was that kid before I got the pain where I would constantly be getting A's and B's. Mm. There was no question that I would be graduating high school and that I I would be getting a top mark. I am on so many medications that cause so much brain fog plus all of the pain that cause more causes more of it. So I was a sit I was astounded. I thought they had made a mistake for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly people say don't compare yourself to others and you shouldn't it's probably not healthy but I compare myself to my old self I compare what a big challenge for me is now compared to what that challenge would be like previously and then just add on but wait Kate I have this I have that and I have this in the end it takes a long time but you do find a place where you are just proud of yourself. Mm. You're just proud of the fact that you have made it through another day and that you made it through without (laughs) throwing a massive tantrum or (laughs) I definitely have my moments (laughs) for sure and I definitely 
I've always been an emotional kid, um, <laughs> but I cry of happiness a lot more now than I used to because I've lowered my expectations a lot and uh, the orange elephant has helped me so much. I would assume that it's similar to you in terms of you start this page, you start this account to inspire others and things, but the biggest benefit of it is that you're learning exactly what you're preaching to everyone else totally it's so selfish yeah. like everyone's like yeah. oh it's so wonderful I'm like for me yeah yeah <laughs> it's I get already, yay <laughs> it's already helped me so much to to find the small things are actually big they are life-changing I'm gonna say something but I forgot I have the worst memory <laughs> you are allowed to have the worst memory <laughs> well you are just such a ray of sunshine and spread joy just by being yourself I'm so excited for what the orange elephant is going to do for you but for so many other people what it's already done for me and thank it is you. an absolute honor to have met you through the neighborhood and um, thank you so yeah. much for sharing thank you thank you Sarah so much Okay, so wow, right? Such a young soul and yet such strength and resilience. Please do hop on over to The Orange Elephant and check out what Kate's doing. You can follow her at at the.orangeelephant and please let her know what you thought of her story. It takes so much guts and vulnerability to open up and tell your story like she has and I appreciate it so much and I hope you guys did too. Very big shout out also to Nathan Stack, the dear friend that she mentioned of hers who also helped us line up the recording time to push Kate into actually doing the episode and then hosted us at his house to record the episode. So a very, very good friend. From a feedback point of view, please also let me know if you liked this length about a 20 to 30 minute chat versus last week's snappier sort of four to five news bites or if you want a mix of both. Do you want a few stories in Neighbourhood Watch or just one each week? Again, this is a community segment, so I'm super flexible and open to making it whatever the community wants in their ears. Finally, today's recommendation. I'm pretty much just going through all my old favourites, so none of these have been new releases, although there haven't been a lot of new releases in the last year, which for a serial TV binger like myself has been a bit of an inconvenience. But anyway, just going through all my old favourites, and like I always say, I'm relying on you guys to submit your recommendations so I can share them on here as well. So keep that in your minds, and please use the Facebook group to just drop me a suggestion or a recommendation and your handle and I will make sure you are credited. This week, if you want an actual side-splitting, laughter-inducing, feel-good movie, I feel like most of you have probably already watched it, but go and watch Bridesmaids. It is absolutely hysterical every single time I watch it. I can't even say how many times I've watched it, but it just never gets old. It's such a hilarious, relatable commentary on girlfriends, weddings and life that you just can't resist a smile while watching. It's a dream team of some of the most incredible comedians, Kristen Wiig, Rose Byrne, Gosh, who else is in it? Melissa McCarthy. I mean, it's an absolute dream team. It's just, ugh, I laugh so hard every single time I watch it. I think we watched it before I got married as well, like the night before the wedding, all the bridesmaids were, we got a big house together. I was in tears. It's just such a hysterical feel-good movie. On a totally different note, a show that I only just got into, so it's a series, not a movie, and I was so late to the party on, which (laughs) actually happens quite a lot, is Queer Eye. 
So I'm actually not a huge reality fan. Shock horror, I know. I like don't watch reality TV very often at all. I'm much more of a, surprise, surprise, crime, true crime, crime fiction kind of gal. So I never really understood what the show was about, but one of our staff at Matcha Milk Bar and I got onto it during some COVID takeaway shifts where we were just spending long hours together and we worked our way through four or five seasons, I think. It is such a beautifully uplifting show where the Fab Five, so five gay men, Karamo, Bobby, Jonathan, Anthony, and Tan, who I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing last year just after I had gone through these five seasons in a row and became absolutely obsessed, so I fangirled so hard. (laughs) They head out of their hometown in New York to different parts of the US to give life-changing makeovers and help people look and feel their best who have generally been nominated by a friend or family member because they've been going through a tough time or just suffering confidence or self-esteem. And I'm talking in the deep south of the US where high fashion and concepts like mindfulness or self-confidence aren't as familiar as they are in the coastal big cities like New York or LA. It's just such a beautiful demonstration of kindness and empathy as they literally transform people's relationship to themselves and their loved ones. Oh, my gosh. And each of the five have a particular skill. So Tan is the fashion style guy who does all the clothing revamps. And then Jonathan does the hair. It's just it's amazing. So beautiful. Definitely one for the A list. You just can't watch it without smiling and just the heart gets so warm. It's so beautiful. I have so many others, but I'll leave it there for today because I really want you guys to keep submitting your own as well. (laughs) Another thing I want to do down the track, and these all genuinely do come up because of their names before because of the idea. So I want to do a little pay it forward random acts of kindness movement to encourage us all to do that more, like pay for the next person in the lion's coffee or just small things that can really make someone's day, but call it yay it forward. What do we think? (laughs) Mull that over for the next few days until our regular segment drops in a few days. We have another wonderful, wonderful guest on a similar vein, actually, to Kate Story, who will surely inspire a lot of yay in you guys. Hope you're all having a wonderful week in the meantime and that you're seizing your yay. 